on the Dallas Opera Network. You're listening to Opera Box Score. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Wherever you are, however you're listening, it's a very special Opera Box Score holiday episode. I'm your host, Weston Williams, joined on America's talk radio show about opera by Oliver Camacho, Matt Cummings, and Ashley Hardgrave. All right, this week the NBA tips off its new season. LeBron, Steph, and Giannis, the current gods of the court, are all expected to return, just like the Messiah is expected to return. And boy, do we have an unorthodox lineup of Messiahs to introduce you to tonight. Plus, Matt and Oliver reveal their favorite opera singer's Christmas albums. Will Jonas make the cut? Please tell me he does. You've got to stay tuned to find out. Ah. Uh... We're back in the studio, audio only, and it feels so good, but we are missing George tonight. George Cedarquist, more like Grinch Cedarquist for taking the holiday special off. Am I right, Oliver? He only does the TV episodes. <laughs> he doesn't he is not slumming with a slumming in the podcast with us. Uh, so. My joke was gonna be he hit it a little too hard at Hanukkah, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. maybe that's what it is. <laughs> that was of course Ashley Hardgrave, since you're listening to the audio only format. Matt Cummings, what's your take on this uh uh Grincherquist uh scandal we've got going on here? What a Scrooge, <laughs> am I right? What a Scrooge. He's gonna be haunted by Scrooge. several ghosts. But so many things to look forward to. 2020 is almost over, and we've got a great roundup of messiahs for you this evening. Let's talk some oratorio. Chalk Talk on Opera Box Score. (laughs) So, (laughs) Ashley, what have you got lined up for us tonight in terms of messiahs? Or is it the messiah? I always forget. It it is not the messiah. It's just... Just Messiah. Messiah. It's like just Beyonce. Messiah. Yes, yes. Or Aloha or Shalom. Shalom. As you will. Yes. Um, so a uh, boy howdy, we've got some doozies for you today. So, okay. I should start with I'm a sucker for covers. I love covers. And while this isn't opera necessarily. Messiah is this holiday staple, although ironically it's an Easter piece. Um, and so there's a billion <laughs> recordings of your favorite singers. If you have a favorite opera singer, they probably have a recording of Rejoice or Comfort Ye or Thus Saith the Lord. So I took a quick dip into some uh, Messiah remixes, some unorthodox portrayals Ooh. of the Messiah, as it were, of around the last 50 years or so. You know, a lot of people when the Messiah, or when Messiah, excuse me, uh, was Thank first you. out, people thought it was blasphemous, but man, they had uh, no idea. You, you what could was to say come. they couldn't handle it. Oh, there it is. yes. This is the kind of night we're going to have. I'm so excited. Um, Oliver wishes he'd join George in the fainting corner. (laughs) (laughs) Oliver's like, I'll be back in four to seven hours. Um, So the first one that I want to talk about uh, is something called David Axelrod's Rock Messiah. So The presidential advisor, David Axelrod. Very different (laughs) of... Although, how funny would it be if that were true? Uh, No, so David Axelrod is... It's called the Rock Messiah, but he's a jazz composer. So in 71, he assembles this uh, rock orchestra that's conducted by Cannonball Adderley. Okay. Oh, uh, and that's so a the, name. That is it, great. Yes, yes. So, so Rock Messiah conducted by this jazz great by a jazz composer. Cool. Fine. Um, so what ends up happening is something that sounds like Handel and Jesus Christ Superstar had a baby. That's basically <laughs> what it sounds like. Um, in fact, there was a review in Ebony, uh, and the writer Phil Garland described uh, the album as, quote, the whole thing seems just so unnecessary. <laughs> um, 
Maybe that's the truth, but I'll tell you, the comfort ye kind of slaps. We were going to start, however, with the glory to God. And again, just think what would happen if Handel and Jesus Christ Superstar had a baby. Hit it, Weston. There's some handle in there. I More hear like it. the baseline that walked in darkness. Am I right? <laughs> oh, this is going to be a good show, everyone. I mean, at that tempo, it would it would probably take you four hours to get through the Messiah. It's but but you know the description of Handel and Jesus Christ Superstar having a baby. You nailed you it, it now, don't you? Yeah. No, I like it. It's, it's yeah. basically what it is. Uh, so we're going to move on to something that is a little less endearing. Um, so there's an electronic hip hop group called the Blue Claw Philharmonic, and uh, they've done a whole album of classical remix- remixes, and it's it's an album, and it came out in 2015, and uh, well, it is something. Uh, there are some really interesting and kind of fun pieces uh, there, Hallelujah. It's not really one of them, but it's there. Uh, and it's kind of, I describe it as like the end of a 90s rom-com where the young ingenue is headed to her first big messiah gig while she's like making it in the big city. Uh, so it is It is not my favorite in the group, but it's, uh, it's definitely worth just a, a quick sampling. That one was a little rough, Ashley. <laughs> I don't know. To me, that's like the uh, like that dramatic remix of Carmen that they play on Top Chef when everyone's like cooking their food really fast. <laughs> that is the vibe I get from it, which I do enjoy very much. I mean, it actually it could probably be more enjoyable if it wasn't all MIDI files. If they like had some mm-hmm. actual instruments playing it, because you know. I, you can put a B to it, and it's fine. I would agree. You know? Uh, le- you know, listen, this list, they can't all be winners, but it's important, you know, for the good of the education of the peoples so, that we know. How many numbers are remixed in that? Do you uh, know? In, in terms of Messiah numbers, I think on the Blue Claw album, yeah. this is the only one. But if you oh, but okay. if you look up Blue Claw Philharmonic, there's a classical album that has, like, a whole bunch of what the layman would know as classical pieces and they're all okay. remixed with that style. So if there's someone okay. you don't like, you can send them that album, you know. Who knows? Um, <laughs> Merry, Christmas. Merry Christmas. What's the next one you got um, for us, Ashley? <laughs> so uh, Venezuelan pianist Gabriela Montero, she is a delight in so many ways. She's so talented and she's fun and she's so electric to watch. Um, so she has an album that came out in 07 called Baroque. And so she's got an improvisation of Hallelujah on that record. It's improv, it's Latin, it's infused, it's fun. <laughs> 
So it's fun, right? It's it's got, it's got a little boogie yes. to it. It's nice. There's so much about it that's that's so very her. Uh, it's got just you know a little bit of notes of Latin, but it's fun. It's recognizable. I just it's I, I find it a treat. Um, I love how it like like finds else. like all of those rhythms that were just hiding in there the whole time, you know, and bringing them forward. Uh, to mm-hmm. me, it, it, it almost uh, reminds me of like something like uh, Christina Pluhar would do, except obviously with a larger sort of uh, group. But uh, it uh, I, I really enjoyed that one. Or like that. That Sarah Willis uh, horn mambo. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Earlier this year, so yes, very much. Um, yeah, no, these are all. They just they bring me joy for one reason or another. <laughs> um, and the next one, boy howdy, here we go. Okay, so um, quick, quick little moment here. Uh, this is going to speak very specifically to a very niche population of folks, mm. and it's anybody who had to through their own requirements or not, uh, be a part of the contemporary Christian music scene from around 1987 to about 1994. Uh, we're talking Wayne Watson, Phil Driscoll, uh, the, what did you say? First Call, uh, Russ Taff, like those big, like CCM voices of the time. So, okay. This is like, I, I, I wish we were in a visual format just so that I could show you guys this YouTube video and then we could get booted for one reason or another. But like, I need you all, everybody listening to hear my voice. I need you to see this. It's so incredible. Um, so basically it's, it's a version of the Messiah. It's got synthesizers. It's got lasers. It's got trumpet oh, solos over lasers. rock guitar. A laser is, is my favorite instrument. It's yes, yes. And they, they feature prominently on this recording. So, uh, so this originally came together in 1989. Uh, and there's a VHS floating out there and a CD somewhere on eBay, but it's shockingly out of production. I have found a YouTube floating on the internet with Portuguese subtitles. Uh, there was an updated version that came out in 93 with like Stephen Curtis Chapman, Sandy Patty and Carmen, if you know that name, uh, I'm speaking to seven people, but seven people, I see you, I hear you. Um, but it's not exactly the same thing. So, uh, uh, I'll put some of those on the Spotify playlist that I'm I'm throwing together for this. But um, this is trumpeter and vocalist Phil Driscoll. And uh, Phil Driscoll is like a Christian Joe Cocker who also happens to play trumpet. Uh, and so this is a uh, trumpet shall sound from the family productions of the young Messiah. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible, and you do have to see this video. Somehow, he's rocking like the uh, Art Garfunkel. He, he hair, has both uh, hairdo, simultaneously also, uh, the least amount and the most amount of hair at the same time. It's like it's like a mullet Art Garfunkel, <laughs> bald on top. Uh, yeah. But 
it's incredible. <laughs> and he seems angry <laughs> the whole time. Like he's like he's like pissed off. I've got to sing this thing. That, I wouldn't be surprised if like Peebo Bryson popped up. That to me was like the '90s Disney end credits version of the Messiah. <laughs> Yes. Yes. And the only I, the only clip of Young Messiah I had ever seen before is the trio, the pop trio version of Every Valley that that when you're in music school and you're a tenor and you learn Every Valley for the first time and you just go on YouTube and oh hey what's this one and you sit around in the lounge with all the singers just like swapping fun ridiculous videos that you found that Every Valley video is the one. <laughs> that uh yeah from from noted christian trio first call that's who did the every valley it was uh it's, it's a gem uh yeah the it's it's not too hard to find the full like start to finish recording of young messiah and i highly recommend the 1990 vhs quality recording uh that is the holiday gift that i give to all of you is that it's available and you can find it <laughs> Um, so we move on now from 1990 to 2009, uh, and there's something called Handel's Messiah Rocks, colon, Joyful Noise. Uh, this is a, this is the most rock-based music on this list. Um, there's an original recording that happened with the Boston Pops and LaShans, who won a Tony for the Color Purple, and Mig Mm. Ayesa, who's uh, an Australian rock star who's most famous in the U.S. for being on the reality competition show uh, Rockstar colon in excess. Uh, yeah, deep dive, deep dive. Uh, <laughs> and this is, I mean, it's its a full-blown electric guitar solo in the Hallelujah Chorus. Oh, good. Um, fun fact, yeah, fun fact about me is I uh, i actually did a questionable turn of this piece uh, in 2010 with Networks <laughs> when I did the show uh, at the Bank of America Theater in Chicago. I think they were doing it to skirt Union Chorus Laws, but no matter, I was young. <laughs> uh, but at any rate, um, I'll, I'll, I'll let you start this. We'll see how much of it you can get through. Uh, listeners, you might turn your volume down just a little for this one. Inject it into my veins, the guitar hero messiah. <laughs> it is. It's the guitar hero messiah. Um, is that Keith Lockhart conducting? I think it might be. Okay. He's like wearing leather pants and I'm not <laughs> mad about it. <laughs> I, I think well, my favorite, think... that's another one I think uh, you, you really want to see if you can find it on YouTube because uh, half the audience is like either terrified or like way too into it. Which is kind of the vibe I'm getting from like us right now, and I'm I'm very much enjoying that as part of our podcasting experience. 
Well, and and when this came on tour and when it came through Chicago, that was kind of the reaction of the audience. <laughs> half of the audience like, oh, thought that they were going fun. to see the Messiah. And half of the uh, yeah. audience knew what they were going to see. They're like, oh, Jan, they're going to put a guitar with it. How fun. And then it's like, gun, 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 ah, you know, and people were just like dropping. Yeah, they were all, there were some aneurysms happening in the back of the house for sure. Um, but yeah, no, like I said, this is to educate the peoples. I, it's very important for me to know that you know that these things exist. Um, so now going from something that's a little more ridiculous to something that I is, is one of my actual personal favorites. Um, it's something that I discovered as a kid and listened to, and I'm rediscovering it as an adult and it like is blowing my mind even harder. Uh, and it's something called Handel's Messiah, a soulful celebration. Mm. And so this is like, Again, that same era of like late 80s, early 90s, but in sort of the black music sphere. So this one, Best Contemporary Soul Gospel Album in 92. It got the Dove Award for Contemporary Gospel Album of the Year. It was nominated for an Image Award, NAACP in 93. The list of artists on this one, it's bonkers. It's like the best of black music in a time capsule of that era. Diane Reeves, Al Jarreau, oh, wow. Quincy Jones conducts the Hallelujah Chorus. The Clark Sisters are on it. Tevin Campbell sings on this. That one's for me. That one is for 13-year-old Ashley. Um, <laughs> the whole album is amazing, but the one for me that is just like balm for my soul is uh, Oh Thou That Tells Good Tidings to Zion, and it's between Stevie Wonder and Take Six. Give it a listen. Oh Thou That Tellest Good Tidings to Zion Get up into the high mountain Good tidings to Jerusalem. some spicy jazz chords in that arrangement i love it Ooh, i love close vocal harmony someday Mm. we'll be experiencing it live again oh (laughs) what happened to take six i missed them they're around they're they live they live in sort of a gospel a gospel christian sphere most of the time they're they're on taker take eight or nine by now i think (laughs) (laughs) take 47 oh my god no but seriously that is like i could listen to that on repeat for hours i just it's so soothing and calm and lovely but surprising there's little jumps in there again those jazz chords that they they're they're so subtle how they come in but that you're so happy they're there once you see them the other thing they can do and the other thing they can do when they're like making this music their own is they can fix the syllables so that they all fall in the right place unlike in the real messiah (laughs) correct correct i forget the name of but if you guys ever watched the show called the, the Sing Off, yeah, which is about acapella groups. There was one acapella group that uh, actually did jazz, and I think they were the year after Pentatonix. Um, but they were really good, and uh, I miss that show so much. It was yeah. one of the best singing competition shows. I agree, Oliver. The Sing Off is like one of my absolute. I I don't tend to love 
reality singing shows, although boy was I gunning for John Holiday on The Voice. I was supporting him so hard. <laughs> um, but yeah, The Sing-Off was one of those ones that like it just, I think for the real, quote unquote, real musicians, there was just something about it that was so entertaining. Mm. Um, yeah. And ben Folds was a great judge. Oh my God. Yes, Lord. Ben Folds, Sean Stockman of Boys to Men. Talk mm. about another love of 13-year-old Ashley's life. Hello. <laughs> that was something. Okay. Now we're just getting off track. Okay. Final piece for you guys today. Um, this is something that we know about in this city, and I'm hoping other people know about it too. It's something called Too Hot to Handle. It's the Jazz Gospel Messiah. Now, are you guys familiar with Too Hot to Handle? I have this CD in my iTunes. <laughs> oh, my. Have any of you seen it live? Uh-uh. I have not. Mm-mm. It is, I, I don't know how I avoided it for so long because I worked at the building that housed the Auditorium Theater in Chicago forever, and I never saw it until just a couple of years ago. It is incredible. Uh, so it's re- been running for about 30-ish years in a couple of different cities. Detroit, Chicago, Baltimore, D.C. have a bunch uh, a, a bunch of runs of it uh, sort of around the King holiday weekend in January, usually in a normal year. Uh, so it just reinterprets it with jazz and gospel and R&B. There's a jazz ensemble and a Hammond organ right in the middle of a symphony mm. orchestra. And guess who originated the concept? I have the CD, so I won't answer. But <laughs> It was Marin Alstop, Leonard Bernstein's final protege oh, wow. of Baltimore Symphony, of Ravinia. Yes, Marin Alstop. So I watched this. I was blown away by it. I start reading, and then I see my like lady conductor stan of all stands. And I'm like, oh, my God, Marin did this? She did. She put the whole thing together. It's incredible. Um, It's not going to be on the Spotify list, but they did put out an album with Colorado Symphony in 2005. It's on Apple Music. Um, Any of the clips that you can find from the Auditorium Theater or the Detroit Opera House, all of those are really fun. I cannot wait for this to come back in 20, what will probably be 2022 because they tend to do it in January. Um, But there's a really great snapshot of kind of how all of these styles work together. And it's a promo from the Auditorium Theater. And it's got Roderick Dixon, who, good Lord, if you've never heard this voice, just buckle up. Uh, And he is a legit singer and he is seamlessly barreling his way through classical and gospel and jazz and blues. Just get ready.
giving me so many ideas for the I next time say, I I'm going to steal part. all of these ornaments. But that, that, that's what I think is so fun about this version is when you're like, oh, that that part I reckon, like, I know exactly what little what little figure he's referencing there. And then the, and then there's the jazz gospel. There, there's the jazz gospel influence. Like you can actually see the pieces fit into place in real time if you're familiar with the Messiah. It's really exciting and satisfying. It's it's such. Yeah, I need to add woo 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 <laughs> next time I sing. <laughs> well, and that's the other thing that I love is you know because some of these do feel some of these clips feel a little bit like aberrations, like ah you know. But there's especially with with Roderick Dixon and the singers that they get to do the solos in Too Hot to Handle. They're all legitimate classical singers that have the ability to shapeshift and do these different styles. And that's what I think makes this like the perfect kind of marriage of, of you know, cross genre, you know, happiness when it comes to the Messiah. Um, so I will uh, put, put together an additional set of fun tracks that we couldn't get to tonight on a Spotify playlist that we will share on our website. But thank you for coming on this uh, unorthodox Messiah journey with me. <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, let's, uh, let's play down on another uh, hallelujah, shall we? Let's do it. I'm not sure if uh, 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 I could handle any mo- more of that segment. Uh, that's the, my final handle pun, and that's my promise to you, our beautiful listeners. Let's move <laughs> on now to another great Christmas tr- tradition in the classical music world, the opera singer's prestige Christmas albums. And uh, Matt and Oliver have f- compiled some of the best and worst examples, and I'm somehow even more excited about these than I was about the handles. Matt, take it away. So just about every opera singer has at some point recorded a Christmas album of like your chestnuts. Um, sometimes they have, sometimes they're all sacred, sometimes they're all secular, sometimes they're both. Sometimes, sometimes they they're literally chestnuts roasting over, uh, roasting you, over an open fire. Yeah, you got, I mean, you got <laughs> options. Um, and one of them that I think is if you look at the repertoire, you might think that it's a little by the numbers, but it's just one of the most stunningly, gloriously sung albums of all time is Christmas with Leontine Price. Opera uh. box score. Hall of Fame member. <laughs> yes. Inaugural member. Leontine Price. Inaugural member. Uh, and I listened to this whole album today. It's only about 40 minutes. Most Almost every song on it you've sung in church. I guarantee it. Um, and... I wasn't sure exactly which track to pick until I got to one close to the end, which is um, like the granddaddy of all of the big Christmas numbers, Oh Holy Night. And so many people take Oh Holy Night over the top. And sometimes it's really fun when people take Oh Holy Night over the top. But this rendition proves that you do not have to, to make it glorious. Let us listen to a little clip of Leontine Price singing. Yeah. 
I mean, that's my Christmas miracle right there. We could show over. We're done. That's all we need, right? So, like listening to this album is the is the aural equivalent of that part in the old How the Grinch Stole Christmas where the sun starts to rise and it's like yes. gleaming over the hilltops of snow. It is oh. just so crystalline and pure and sh- the voice gleams like a diamond. Yeah. Like, I don't know who. No, it was vintage, recorded like in one of the best years, the voice she sounded like it's heaven. Yeah, like, that I, was, like I don't know who Christine. does that octave better. And I don't want to get too political for a Christmas episode. But there is something <laughs> that's really touching about hearing a woman who grew up in the Jim Crow South sing the the verse about chains shall we break for the slave is our brother. Yes. Like that. Yes. There's some pathos yes. there. <laughs> That is, thank you. I needed to know this existed, so I really appreciate you bringing this into all of our lives. Oliver, do you have a contender for best Christmas album or perhaps (laughs) worst Christmas album? Actually, I want to say I don't have a worst. Um, I think everybody's Christmas albums are just trying to be the best. Certain Jonas's notwithstanding. Yeah, a, a contender for... Uh, disappointing Christmas <laughs> albums would would be the relatively recent, I think maybe two thousand and three, uh, recording. May oh no, it was made in nineteen ninety six. Look at this, nineteen ninety six. Uh, our Christmas songs for you with Kiri Takanawa, Thomas Hampson, and Roberto Alanya. Mm-hmm. Oh no! Uh, in the cheesiest <laughs> arrangements you've ever heard, with all those extra. Glisses, oh, like yeah. you know, like I forget what you call that thing where it's like a bunch of like little pipes <laughs> and then somebody hits it with a I don't know what you Black call that thing. So la- the I don't chimes? Know, just, or, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah, chimes. There you go. They're chimes, yeah. Lots of chimes, you know. Um, and every artist has to sing a duet with the other, and there's a couple of trios. And I love Roberto Alanya back in '96, he sounded like a god, but um his diction in English is not so great. So hearing him sing, you know, something like um it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas or I forget what he's on. It's like, it's not, it's <laughs> not ideal. But yeah, but Kiri Takanwa actually, when she has to sing pop, she actually, her diction is almost better than when she's singing with her full on resonance. Ah. And Thomas Hampson is born to sing pop. I mean, <laughs> he's, he's like a natural crooner. I mean, he could have had a different right. career, but so that's sort of a fun, but weird album from the nineties. Uh, Kiri Takanwa has two, Christmas recitals on her own, which are both very good. But she made a cameo on the 1989 King Singers album uh, where they mashed up melodies of Mozart with um, carols. And that's called a little, uh, I think it's called a little Christmas music. So we're going to sample just a minute of that. And she's in glorious voice in 1989. But this is sort of uh, a handful of ham. Oh, 
arrangement is doing the most i don't know why charles and diana didn't want that at their wedding i I will say this uh, kiri is is giving it a hundred percent uh i mean she was an amazing voice in 1989 and like she's doing some stuff there that you don't hear her normally do like some of this kind of bel canto show offery you know which i actually i would listen to her do that now that i know that she could do it you know that is i like I was fully prepared to be the one coming in with like the weird mind melting stuff today, but Oliver, <laughs> Oliver. Well, I just, I mean, we just heard Lansing Price sing uh, Oh Holy Night, so how are you going to follow that? You <laughs> I, you've done it. You take you've a done left it, turn. sir. Well played. Yeah. Let's, well played. Uh, let's take another left turn. I believe Matt has a particularly legendary example for us coming up next that I'm very excited so, about. So. The I'm glad that you brought up arrangements because this mm. one does not I mean this arrangement is not quite as off the wall as that. Um, but it is it's this is from the Elizabeth Schwarzkopf um Weihnachten Christmas album, which features her yes. like in a moo with her hands clasped. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, yes. I'm and dead. Dead. he did this bananas arrangement of the first Noel, or as she says it, the first Noel. Um <laughs> Uh, that has like all 19 verses of it and oh, Jesus. two descant verses. The choral parts that actually are kind of cool in this, they and I think that the choir comes off a little bit better than she does, because Schwarzkopf is a singer who, at her best, can be kind of mannered. And I think you'll hear that in this <laughs> clip. <laughs> Charles McCarris was like, "Can you just can you just like yell this bit for me? That'd be great." <laughs> the bomb and and bombastic, like it's a tough needle to thread, and I don't think that yeah. they quite nailed it on this. <laughs> the thing is that there was clearly some sopranos in the chorus 
who had more bloom on their high notes than she did. <laughs> and, yeah, like because you want a descant to just soar right over it, and they were yeah. like, "Can you get the gain any higher on her mic, guys? Just no, crank it up, please." <laughs> and she's just blasting. I, I kind of feel bad. Like you'd think for an album like this, they would have really written more around her voice, but I don't think they did. I just I. I'm not often speechless, but I, wow. <laughs> wow. The whole album. I, I mean. The whole album is kind of bananas. And she, it, it's, she's a singer that either is exactly right for what you want singing the Marshallin or like anything else. Where, <laughs> um, where she's twisting herself into knots trying to get like the, just the right vowel out of this like curdled pretzel place. <laughs> <laughs> you know what i i relate to that feeling very well it sounds like a lot of my solo career back when i had one um wow wow i mean i don't we're not gonna i'm not gonna say anything that'll get us bleeped but she's absolutely singing her um her ornaments off um but doesn't quite, mm, mm, yeah i was trying to figure out like Around, never mind. I, I'm not going to go any further down. Oliver, road. how are you going to uh, take us uh, take us down from this Noel high? Noel. Well, the truth is that I actually I'm very sentimental at Christmas, and I love the magic of the season, and I love the mystery of it, and I love the story. I'm, I'm not particularly a religious person, but I do think that the story of a woman who is visited by an angel and is told that she's pregnant and that it's going to be, you know, this kid you're going to have is going to save the world. Like all that stuff is pretty heavy, <laughs> you know? And um, I, and then you, you know, you have these carols or anthems that um, are all about the baby uh, that's going to suffer, the baby that's going to die for us, the baby who, you know, is sleeping, uh, you know, in a barn, you know, and, hay is his bed and there's poop smell everywhere and you know there's no sanitation you know all of these things like when i think about that um however much of that is true uh it can become very uh it can get me to take me to a place i actually am somebody who's famously like a protector of children and whenever i think of children in danger it really gets me on my haunches so um this story has that you know and so i do love the very uh, mystical music from the season. And I think that the Chanticleer album called, I think it's called Sing We Christmas, uh, which, or Christmas with Chanticleer, uh, which had a cameo appearance from Madonna Upshaw as one of their best recordings. And I'd love to listen to just a couple minutes of the Vaughn Williams arrangement of This is the Truth Sent from Above, which is normally sung with a baritone solo, but here's Don Upshaw with Chanticleer.
I chose two things that are pretty much the same. It's an all-male choir with a fancy soprano soloist, and they couldn't be more different. But both Chanticleer and King's singers um, can be accused of going campy. Um, but I feel like this is a very special performance, and I always I love listening to this every every year. Just this particular track uh, to get me in that cold and spooky mood. The weather in Chicago has been very strange, folks. It's 2020. <laughs> we're recording on December 21st, and it's been sunny and warm, and it just feels like this is something is weird about this season. So I'm waiting for it to get just a little bit more dark and wet and cold and get that uh, Christmas get blizzard in, in yeah. if we can manage <laughs> yes, it. <laughs> exactly. Well, we are on winter solstice, so yeah. it's it's yeah. a coming. Happy first day of winter. Um, Oliver, and, that's exquisite. Yeah, that was... My- I, Dawn Upshaw is just her her diction in this is just so perfect and um yeah she sounds she sounds really good with a all men it was choir so limpid behind her and, and I feel like, like un yeah. unpretentious yeah yeah just just gentle and I hate to use the word perfect because that can bring so many weird things into the mix but it's just that that blend is perfect it's perfect we have a friend that used to sing in chanticleer we do i yeah i have a couple of friends that used to sing in chanticleer um yeah i have one currently in there (laughs) we can divvy them up among us and uh, sort it out later i think we have time for one more uh matt cummings what have you got I did maybe pick a little bit of a grand finale. So we're tur- we're circling back to Bombast, right. but this so- Bombast <laughs> is much more successful. And the credit I want to lay at the feet of um, the conductor and arranger orchestrator, Mr. Mia Farrow, formerly, under credit. <laughs> Um, he, he did this other Christmas album, like not a, not a classical Christmas album. He did one with young Julie Andrews that is just beautiful. And I highly recommend that one too, if you're looking for something a little more casual. Um, but he put together with Kathleen Battle, Frederica von Stade, a children's choir, an adult choir, and Wynton Marsalis Jazz Septet, a, a Christmas concert from Carnegie Hall in 1991. And it has two big medleys in it. One is a medley of spirituals where I played the Go Tell It on the Mountain on this show a couple years ago. And then the ap- actual finale of the concert is this fantastic carols medley that goes through like seven different carols. And it ends with my personal favorite Christmas carol, Angels We Have Heard on High, with it's got duets, it's got choruses, it's got obligato instruments, like it's got it all. <laughs> and it's kind of just right.
one five one five one five in the timpani. I oh. know. Oh, it's so great. Chef's and, kiss. And she has to make sure that she's hanging on to that note after the everything is cut off. It, she's it gonna, makes me I laugh every time. More. She is the last thing that you hear. And this is a track that like when I listen to this, I almost always go back and listen to the last two minutes of it over again because it was just like even not exciting <laughs> enough for me. Uh, and, you know, it. And there is a visual component to this. I mean, it was was it from the yeah. '90s, right? So uh, Kathleen Battle's um, sleeves are, is, is, are are particularly noteworthy. She, she's her flotation <laughs> devices <laughs> yes, make her. Yeah. They make her as wide as she is tall, and she's almost blocking Maestro Previn from seeing his music <laughs> <laughs> and and pushing Frederica von Stade off the platform. <laughs> and then there's Previn in those amazing Edna glasses uh, that he's so yeah. known for. And then there's and having just having just watched The Crown, I realized that Frederica von Stade's hairdo is sort of an adapted Diana. It was, was Diana. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Inspired by Diana. But that gown also, like, it was so spot on for both of them with, like, Kathy B in the red, matte satin with, like, the yeah. flotation devices that you said. And then hers was just, like, this column of sequins and, like, just masculine <laughs> enough to be, like, Stiff. I'm a mezzo. Yes. yes, I cannot and move in this thing. they so good together. They don't they look really at each do. other once the entire no. time. Yeah. But they s- the Jay-Z Bambino on that recording the is The whole heaven. concert is just spectacular. And even though, even though they, I, I mean, well, let's just stipulate to the fact that they go for it. Um, but that, oh, yeah. that scope is like definitely something that I miss in 2020, mm. where yeah. there is something really special about all being in the same room together, belting out these songs that we've yeah. sung year after year, after year after year, and that togetherness and communal experience of sharing this music, I really miss, and listening to albums like this has really helped me get through December 2020. Let's wrap this show up. Good call. Bad call. On Opera Box Score. Good call, bad call in this holiday episode. Oh, it's so fun hanging out with you guys, stealing George's position. Uh, <laughs> Matt, do you have a good call for me? Yeah, my good call is something I'm really looking forward to this week, continuing in my tradition of excellent artists giving it their all. I am really looking forward to watching the Ma Rainey's Black Bottom movie on Netflix with Ooh, Viola Davis. Too. And yeah. I saw it yesterday. Chadwick yeah, Boseman, yeah. man. man. Check it out. Oliver Camacho. There is an article that came out that sort of applies to classical music at large, but it was written for a site called The Violinist or violinist.com. I guess it's a blog. And uh, a violinist named Lori Niles um, wrote in an article called The Problem with Concert Mistress. And it's just asking basically that we stop using the word mistress because mistress has these negative connotations. And you would never call it a mistress class for a master class or a, uh, I have a mistress degree from Northwestern <laughs> University, you know. So everybody is a concert master and I think everybody is a maestro. And I'm glad I learned that uh, before I addressed Maestro Carrie Lynn Wilson as maestra or, or mistress <laughs> Carrie Lynn Wilson. Uh, but uh, it's a really good article. You can find it at violinist.com and that's by Lori Niles. Maestro Ashley Hardgrave. <laughs> I love this. Um, so there is, uh, I, I just can't get off the Messiah train. I just can't do it. Uh, so there is a, 
there is a visual presentation uh, of the Messiah. It's it's called Messiah slash Complex, uh, and it's a a polylingual uh, poly video presentation of Handel's Messiah that's been put on by what is the name of the theater company? I have forgotten. Uh, sorry, Against the Grain Theater in, in collaboration with Toronto Symphony, and it is. It is exquisite. It's beautiful. Uh, you've got a gay Chinese Canadian tenor strutting through the streets of Vancouver in uh, in stiletto heels as he sings "Every Valley Shall Be Exalted." Uh, you have a lot of First Nation singers that have translated their pieces in the Messiah into their native language. It is it is a beautiful, beautiful. I cried for probably 40% of it. It's exquisite. Uh, and it's through Against the Grain Theater with Toronto Symphony. It's streaming for free through the first week of January. Uh, run, don't walk. Go watch it. It's a good thing to check out if you can handle one more Messiah. How dare one you more watch. Messiah handle pun. And that is it for this <laughs> holiday edition of America's talk radio show about opera. Our announcer is Norm Waddell, who can be found at normwaddell.com. That's N-O-R-M-W-O-O-D-E-L.com. On Facebook, search for Opera Box Score. Be sure to share and comment on our posts. On Twitter and Instagram, we're at Opera Box Score, and a podcast version of our show is available on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. The views and opinions expressed on Opera Box Score are solely those of the show's creative team. Any rebroadcast, reproduction, or other use of the accounts of this show without the express written consent of Opera Box Score would be totally cool. Our creative consultant is Oliver Camacho, and uh, the editor is me. For your co-hosts, Matt Cummings and Ashley Hardgrave, I'm Weston Williams asking you to continue the conversation about opera at a safe distance from your loved ones this holiday season. Podcast listeners, next week we'll have a best of episode, and then we're back January 6th on the Dallas Opera Network with an all-new show as we say good riddance to 2020. Plus, you get more opera headlines, more hot takes, and more expired eggnog. Mm. Join us.